<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, with all the talk about the Johnny Depp case, here's a news analysis of 15 reasons why Johnny Depp won. If you watched Full Measure this past week, you know that we are officially done for the season and hitting the road to begin researching and shooting stories for fall when we begin our eighth season. Very exciting. And we will be rerunning some of our best programs from our season seven in our regular time slot while I'm on the road. So far, I have plans to shoot domestic stories in Washington, D.C., Maine, New York, Florida, and we'll be traveling to Europe for some fascinating stories that impact us here in the United States. Meantime, I will still have Full Measure podcasts Full Measure After Hours from time to time. And I know a lot of you probably weren't interested in the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard celebrity defamation case, but I was fascinated by it. First, I'm interested in defamation law and lawsuits, and I got hooked on the first day of the trial, listening to Depp's testimony and wondering if he could possibly clear the high bar required to prove a defamation case. It's a much higher bar for a public figure than for a non-public figure. If you're not interested in the case and ramifications, I don't blame you. You're free to move along. But so many people are talking about the case and there was so much news coverage that I found inaccurate and conducted by reporters who I don't think watched the trial or who had a narrative to advance that was contrary to the facts. So I think it's worth reviewing the reasons that may explain the jury's decision. And in that respect... This type of podcast on this particular topic is actually right up my alley. Johnny Depp has become the world's most famous victim of domestic abuse as a result of the verdict in his trial. It's worth noting that the lawsuit he filed and won against his ex-wife, Amber Heard, wasn't foremost about making the case that he was a victim. It was about him trying to disprove his ex-wife's claims of abuse in order for him to mitigate reputational damage that he says she caused. As I watched the Depp versus Heard trial, the evidence felt like a slam dunk for Depp's side. Of course, that doesn't mean that it was. It was possible that Amber Heard appeared more credible to the jury who could see her testify in person than she appeared to me when I'm watching at home on television. Maybe what I saw as evasiveness and missteps on her part were actually seen by the jury as the nerves of a traumatized victim. Remember, she said she was abused by Depp. He countered and said that was false and that he was actually abused by her. But maybe to the jury, Depp was unlikable and dishonest. It's the jury's take that matters. But after the jury returned a unanimous verdict for Depp on all three statements that he claimed Heard made that were false and defamatory, 
I think we can identify some of the evidence and factors that the jury may have found most convincing. So here is my list of 15 reasons why Johnny Depp won. Number one, Heard's dubious claims about missing photos. Now, Depp's lawyers questioned Heard as to why she took pictures of so many things, many of which were presented in court, such as Depp nodding off during opioid use and Depp nodding off while holding her ice cream and damage supposedly done during his or her tirades. And yet she didn't have photos of the catastrophic injuries that she claimed to frequently suffer. And then there was one strange part. I think this probably really hurt her case. She testified that she actually did have some photos proving her serious injuries, but she said that her lawyers wouldn't allow the photos to be introduced as evidence. She repeatedly said, it's not up to me when she was asked about it, claiming to have the goods, but then claiming that they were blocked by her own attorney just doesn't ring true. Amber Heard's attorney or attorneys would not hold back legitimate evidence of her claims or her injuries if it existed. It certainly raised the idea in my mind that Heard's own attorneys, if they weren't allowing these photos to be introduced as evidence, worried that the self-photos had been doctored. This thought might have occurred to the jurors too. Number two, Kate Moss as a witness. I think Kate Moss, even though her testimony only lasted maybe a couple of minutes at the most, was one of the most effective witnesses among the many who disputed the allegations and implications made by Heard. Now, Kate Moss, if you didn't know, and I didn't know, is a former death girlfriend. She's a British model, and Heard had raised the implication that Depp was a serial offender of violence because 25 years ago, there was a rumor or an incident in which, Heard implied, Depp injured Kate Moss by pushing her down some stairs. Well, in the brief remote testimony, Moss had an entirely different story as she cleared things up. She says that when this incident happened 25 years ago at a resort in Jamaica, it had started raining suddenly and in the torrential rain, she was running inside up a couple of steps and she slipped on the steps. And Johnny Depp, she says, wasn't even next to her when it happened. And she fell hard, apparently injuring her tailbone. And she testified that Depp ran back to help her when he heard her cry out. Depp testified to the same thing, by the way. He added that he carried Moss to her room and got her medical attention for her injured tailbone. And Moss told the jury in no uncertain terms that Depp, quote, never pushed me, kicked me, or threw me down any stairs. So the idea that Heard kind of put that out there to make the jury think something, probably figuring that Kate Moss wouldn't be called to testify or wouldn't agree to testify, I think that really hurt Heard's credibility. Number three, the question of why now? I don't know. I thought this was kind of compelling, and maybe the jury did too. Depp repeatedly raised what seemed to be a legitimate point. He has acknowledged having serious alcohol and drug use problems for years, drug abuse. He's dated a lot of women, and it's unlikely he argued that suddenly in his 50s he started hitting a woman and chopping off his digits, we'll get to that in a moment, when he'd never been accused of doing such things before. Number four, addiction doesn't prove physical abuse. 
Hurt's team throughout the trial made a strong case that Depp abused alcohol and drugs, but Depp acknowledged those prior addictions up front. Substance abuse does not automatically convey physical abuse, and no matter how much they harped upon that, it didn't seem to prove her case. In fact, it almost made me think that there wasn't enough good evidence to prove the physical abuse when they were harping so much on the already admitted um, drug abuse. Factor number five that the jury may have found very compelling, I call psych out. Now, Heard was required to submit to a psychological examination because she claimed psychological damage and post-traumatic stress. The resulting psychiatric diagnoses were presented at trial, and they included borderline personality, an absence of post-traumatic stress syndrome, something she had claimed, And I think really those diagnoses were pretty devastating, even though the exams were conducted by Depp's expert. Now, since Depp, on the other hand, claimed no psychological damages and wasn't seeking compensation for psychological damage as part of his lawsuit, he was not required to submit to a psychiatric exam. Which brings us to the next point I call number six, the nutty psychiatrist. I don't know if you saw this testimony or maybe saw excerpts, news coverage, or memes that came of it. But I'm talking about the witness for Amber Heard, Dr. David Spiegel, a psychiatrist. Let me back up for just a minute. Without a psychological exam of Depp, Heard's team tried to tag Depp with various disorders using testimony from this psychiatrist, who I think turned out to be clearly one of their weakest witnesses. In fact, Not only did he not help the case, I think he harmed Amber Heard's case. It was during this segment of the trial that I came to suspect Depp most certainly would win and that he and his team probably felt it. So first of all, not to judge somebody based solely on their looks, but the psychiatrist, Dr. David Spiegel himself, looked kind of like a psych patient from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was all disheveled and his hair was messed up and His mannerism was strange. He became combative. He lost his composure under cross-examination, arguing with Depp's attorney in a way that was not becoming. It got so bad, or good if you were on Depp's side, that even as Dr. Spiegel would ramble on outside the scope of a question, which normally would draw an objection, Depp's team repeatedly just allowed him to continue because he was digging his own grave. On top of that, the jurors surely noticed Spiegel's extremely odd tics and mannerisms. One such episode on the stand was, I'm sorry, it was so awful. It was so striking when he did it, sort of these strange mouth movements and noises that I did a double take and Depp and his lawyer could be seen doing a double take to try to figure out exactly what was going on. If you didn't see it and you're wondering what I'm talking about, you can go to CherylAckeson.com and search the word DEPP, D-E-P-P, and you'll find my story that pairs with this podcast. And there will be a link under the part where I talk about DEPP and his lawyer seen doing a double take. It will take you to a video where you can look at it yourself. And I also have some photos on that article on my website that show it. Other bad moments related to the Spiegel testimony, yes, there were more, include point number seven I called doodling and candy disorder. 
Heard's attorney, Elaine Bredehoft, if I'm saying that correctly, asked Dr. Spiegel to confirm that doodling and eating candy, as Depp had done during the long days of the trial, are signs of an undiagnosed narcissism disorder. Spiegel agreed, yes, those were signs of narcissism disorder. Well, I dropped my doodling pen and almost spit out my lifesavers when I heard that. I don't think many people buy the idea that eating candy and doodling during speeches or long meetings signals some sort of psychological disorder. It just felt as though the team for Heard's side was grasping at straws and surely some jurors who have doodled and eaten candy when they were bored have had a similar response. Number eight, also involving Dr. Spiegel. Dr. Spiegel testified that reports of Depp using an earpiece during filming of his films was conclusive evidence of cognitive decline caused by substance abuse. First of all, that's a bit off topic, it seems to me, because again, as I've already described, Depp had acknowledged his substance abuse. That wasn't something that needed proving or I think really helped prove any sort of physical abuse. But at the same time that Dr. Spiegel testified that the use of the earpiece during filming was conclusive evidence of cognitive decline, he had also testified he knew absolutely nothing about acting. So then, when Deff's attorney asked if Spiegel knew whether famed actor Marlon Brando used an earpiece, Spiegel had a weird response. He just stammered, isn't he dead? And then he added, so the answer is no, he doesn't use one now. And Deff's lawyer pointed out, I use the past tense. In other words, Dr. Spiegel was sort of avoiding the answer and being too cute by half. And I don't think that came across well to the jury. His wordsmithing evoked to me an even larger mistake made on her side, which is the next point I'm going to make, where she did some wordsmithing of her own that was probably a very big deal. This is number nine. I call it pledge does not equal donation. So we learned during the trial that Heard had lied when she publicly claimed at different points that she donated $7 million given to her by Depp as part of their divorce settlement, that she had donated it to charity. She had not. In fact, to this day, she hasn't donated that money to charity. But instead of owning up to the deceit when she was questioned about it at trial under oath, she just told two more whoppers and neither of those was convincing. And again, I think it chipped away at her credibility. First, she pretended not to know the difference between a pledge or a promise to donate money and the actual donation of the money. No matter how many times Depp's attorney pointed out that she had not fulfilled her pledges to charity, Heard simply insisted that she had. She said, yes, I did because I pledged the money, which means I donated it. She claimed pledge means the exact same thing as donate. Then the second problem was, Heard was claiming at the same time she didn't fulfill her pledges because she said, quote, Johnny sued me and she needed the money to defend herself. But it was easily pointed out that she had Depp's millions in hand well before any lawsuit was filed. I think the pledge versus donation discussion was likely a key moment in the jury assessing Heard's honesty and character and whether her other claims could be considered truthful. Five more evidence-based factors the jury may have considered after a short break. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back talking about 15 evidence-based reasons why the jury may have found in favor of Johnny Depp. Number 10, I call Depp's finger. This involves the incident that happened, I guess, during the declining days of the Depp heard marriage when they were having an argument. And I think the part that's undisputed is that she hurled a liquor bottle at him and he claims it hit and broke and cut off sort of a corner of his finger, sliced it right off. They later found that piece of finger among some broken glass against the wall in the room. Heard implied or claimed without providing specifics that Johnny Depp may have cut off his finger himself and she had nothing to do with it. Who could be telling the truth? Well, I think Depp made a pretty good case that he would never mutilate his own hand, particularly as much as he loves playing the guitar, seeing as though that particular digit is extremely necessary. And there was no record of him, as he brought up, mutilating himself in other circumstances ever in his 50-something prior years at that time, even when drunk or high on drugs. And in fact, it's my assessment that the odds of someone being able to intentionally cut off their own finger are pretty small. And that such an injury, I think, would be more likely to be a clean slice across the finger rather than sort of a jagged angled piece of finger near the nail. Additionally, I don't think the finger piece, if someone cut it off themselves or if he had, would have been hurled or discovered across the room with the broken glass as Depp's finger was. And now with all of these points that I'm making, I'm not saying I know with 100% certainty any of these things. I'm just saying that these were my assessments as an informal observer and that all of these things taken together probably built up to a body of evidence for the jury. If the jury also thought that Heard was likely lying about Depp's finger, that she knew her actions had resulted in cutting it off, but she wasn't being honest about it and was in fact blaming him, well, then it would have added to their perception that she would fabricate other claims too. Number 11, speaking of Depp's injured finger, that plays into the horrific physical attack that Heard claims she subsequently suffered at the hands of Depp. It seems very unlikely that days after this injury, and it was a bad injury, there are photographs, documentation, the hospital, medical work, and so on, but with Depp's 
severed finger surgically repaired and a medical pin stuck in it and a cast covering his hand, it just seems unlikely or less likely that he would have accomplished this horrific physical attack that Heard claimed. She said that Depp, among other things, grabbed her hair, pulled handfuls of hair out, leaving hair, quote, all over the place. She said that Depp beat her violently into unconsciousness within an inch of her life, pounding on her with his fists and screaming that he wanted to kill her. The idea that she had no evidence of injury in terms of photos after this attack and did not seek any medical attention for the claimed injuries, that kind of adds to the perception that her account of the night was made up. Then let's talk about the hair, number 12. The herd claimed that Depp pulled out so much hair during a fight, it just didn't ring true. It's extremely difficult to pull out fistfuls of hair. And Depp would have had to accomplish that while handicapped with a severely injured hand while doing all of these other things. Two photos that Heard later produced as evidence were unconvincing, at least I found them unconvincing. One of them shows sort of a lock or snaggle of hair on the floor, which could be anything from any time. And then another showed a small bald circle on the top of her head that did not appear to prove the assertion that handfuls of hair were ripped out. I don't know how you would pull out just like a tiny little circle of hair as part of this handful of hair being ripped out. And again, I've posted some of those photos in the article at CherylAckison.com that you can search for um, under the word Depp. Number 13, Depp's injuries. Some of Depp's documented injuries of alleged abuse by Heard appeared worse than any evidence that Heard was able to produce. And unlike Heard, Depp had something else. He had multiple witnesses testify that they firsthand observed Heard physically attacking Depp on different occasions. Depp claimed, for example, that Heard threw objects at him, sometimes hitting him and cutting his face, that she gave him a shiner on their honeymoon, put out a cigarette on his face, threw a liquor bottle at him that broke and cut off the end of his finger, as we talked about, and punched him. By her own admission, Heard kicked a door into Depp's head when he knelt to check her foot one time and repeatedly hit him on different occasions. Which brings us to factor number 14, the audio tapes and Heard's own admissions. Now, between all the claims and counterclaims that we heard during the trial, there was only one party who had an actual admission of intentional violence by the other. Depp was the clear winner on that. In conversations that Depp recorded, and ultimately played for the jury, Heard admitted hitting Depp on different occasions, berating and mocking him when he raised the abuse. I think the nail in the coffin was a recorded conversation from 2016 when the couple was discussing the terms of a divorce. Heard can be heard saying that a judge and jury would be more likely to believe her claims of physical abuse than Depp's. She could be heard saying in the audio tape, Tell the world, Johnny, tell them I, Johnny Depp, a man, I'm a victim too of domestic violence and see how many people believe or side with you. You're bigger and you're stronger. I was a 115 pound woman. You're going to get up on the stand, Johnny, and say she started it. Really? I've never been able to overpower you. There's a jury and there's a judge. We'll see that there's a very big difference between me and you. I think when the jury heard that, that meant a lot. 
Another noteworthy revelation that came from the audio recordings was Depp's pattern of trying to de-escalate during their heated arguments and go to another location, or when Heard would physically block him from leaving, lock himself in a room while she banged on the door and begged for him to continue the fight, berating him for wanting to exit. Heard came to look like the aggressor, repeatedly complaining to Depp about him trying to walk away from the arguments. And then lastly, number 15, the final factor, in terms of presentation and likability, I think Depp was just more likable than Heard. And Depp's attorneys were more likable than Heard's attorneys. Depp managed somehow to finesse the balance of defending himself on the stand when he was challenged, but doing it in a way that sounded polite and controlled. Heard seemed to lack the same ability. Her testimony and demeanor in court, including bursts of anger and sobs without tears, did not appear genuine. So while there is some evidence that isn't disputed, such as the audio recordings, there's a lot that happened that I certainly can't claim to know, that nobody can claim to know except Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. But a judgment has to be made, and in this case, the burden of proof isn't beyond a reasonable doubt, it's more likely than not. And with all the evidence taken together, it seemed to me more likely than not that Heard was the one not telling the truth. In fact, one of her wildest claims, violent, horrible sexual abuse, a rape with a bottle, seemed to be raised for the first time years after the fact for the purposes of defending what was an otherwise defamatory headline in Heard's Washington Post op-ed. This headline specifically claimed sexual violence. So throughout the trial, she couldn't just say, there was other general abuse or violence. It had to be sexual violence or she loses on the basis of that headline in the Washington Post. Well, there had prior to this been no specific allegation to match or support that claim. Now, all of a sudden at this trial, we have a sexual abuse claim for the first time. If the jury believed Heard's rape story, the headline would not be defamatory. But the jury rejected Heard's version of events. In the end, it would seem as though once the writing was on the wall and Heard knew that Depp intended to end their short marriage, Heard began laying the groundwork to try to make a case of abuse. She knew that she had abused Depp and that he had audio recordings of her admitting it. So she began telling friends, I postulate, new stories and details about Depp at this stage in their marriage in order to ultimately defend herself from Depp's potential abuse claims or to negotiate a favorable financial settlement in the divorce. Taken together, I think all of these must be some of the strongest reasons why the jury might have handed down such a decisive victory for Depp, despite the fact that defamation cases are notoriously difficult for public figures to win, and despite the twist on the narrative with a man saying he was the victim. How do you watch Full Measure? Well, you can go to CherylAckison.com, click the Full Measure tab, and there's a list of cities and stations and times. If you don't have one near you, or if it's easier, you can watch free online, replays anytime at fullmeasure.news, fullmeasure.news. Also, we have a free app called Stir, S-T-I-R-R, where you can watch Full Measure live or on demand. 
Also, you can get some interesting local news stations across the country, as well as free entertainment and movies and other features. That's on the app Stir. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if so, you'll leave a good review, subscribe to it and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson podcast. Now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting my website, CherylAckeson.com and clicking the store tab for some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. <laughs>